I'll tell you what's, uh, what's inappropriate in our society. Nudie runs. I oh, seriously, you go streaking at the cricket, man, some copper, tackle ya, $2,000 fine right there, thank you very much. Yeah, like $1,000 fine for streaking on the MCD or the SCD or whatever it is. It's inappropriate, and can I say, uh, rightly so, it's inappropriate. Don't, I wouldn't suggest to do that. Uh, tell you something else that's inappropriate in our society, punching someone in the face. Alright, you can't just walk up to someone, bang, thank you mother for the rabbits. Um, unless, unless you're in a boxing ring or something, alright, you can't just walk up to someone, King Hib. That's pretty obvious, but, tell you something else that's inappropriate in our society, a little bit less rapping. Yeah, that's pretty inappropriate. But, there's something else that's, that's inappropriate in our society that's less obvious, and that is telling someone that they're wrong. Alright, you just can't do it. Alright, imagine this. You shouldn't teach your kids to steal. That's not right. Who are you to tell me where to live my life? And I was like, kick in the face. That's inappropriate. Um, people hate it. They want to live life their own way, right? And you can just butt out of it. Um, but sometimes telling people that they're wrong is... Are you, are you, guys, you guys are just distracting me a little bit. Sorry. Um, sometimes telling... Someone that they're wrong is appropriate, alright? Imagine this. Your car's on fire! No, it's not. You're wrong! It is, I can see it right there. It's on fire. You better put that out, it's gonna blow up or something. Like, it's, it's appropriate telling them it's wrong. Or, um, imagine the doctor telling the patient they're really sick. You've got cancer. No, I don't. No, you're wrong. I'm a doctor, I've done the tests, you need to get treated. Like, it's, sometimes it's appropriate to tell people that they're wrong. Uh, uh, like Particularly when uh, they're in danger of, of getting hurt or, or something. Um, uh, it's appropriate to tell them wrong. And in some instances, the consequences are actually pretty hectic and it's really important to, to tell someone they're wrong. You know, it's important to tell the person who's about to go skydiving that the pack on their back doesn't say parachute, it says potatoes. And... <laughs> You want to tell them they're wrong. They're going to die if, if you don't tell them they're wrong. Um, now, when it comes to being... <laughs> they go pretty quick too. Um, but but when, it comes to being, when it comes to being right with God... Uh, come on, people, come on. When it, comes to, when it comes to being right with God, society says that that's something that you can't t tell someone that they're wrong. You can't say someone's wrong with, with that. Most people are like... Who are you to tell me I'm wrong with, with, with religion and those kind of things? But um, I'm going to stick it to the man tonight. I'm going to stick it to society because it's such a critical thing to get right. It's, it's more important, it's more critical than life and death because it's eternal life and death. And in Romans chapter 4, um, part of it Sam read, we're going to look through the whole thing, but um, in Romans chapter 4, God tells us what is right and wrong when it comes to being okay with him. And so... It's not my plan to tell you what I reckon is right and wrong. I'm going to hopefully help you guys see what God says is right and wrong. Um, so we're going to get into it. But uh, just so we're on the same page, you remember where we've been through Romans? Here's my little summary. You suck, but now you. All right? It's kind of what we've done over the last few weeks. A bit more fleshed out. You're sinful, right? You've stuffed it. All of you, every single person has stuffed it. God is angry. He's angry at you, all right? So it's pretty, pretty heavy stuff. But now, there is a way to make it right, to get back to God. 
And that's through faith in Jesus. All right, you with me? You suck, but now you. All right. Um, and last week, actually, Johnny took us through Romans, the end of Romans chapter 3, and we saw that it's because Jesus took our punishment. As he died on the cross, he took all of God's wrath upon himself, and we get to go free. We're justified. We, we can be declared not guilty. It's awesome. And it really is great news. But it's not just automatic, right? It doesn't simply apply to everyone. And in fact, it doesn't apply to most people. The majority of people in our world aren't justified. They're not right. See, there is a way that you get justified. There's just something that needs to go on for you. And that's the first point that God uh, makes in, in chapter 4 of Romans. It's by faith. It's by faith that you're justified. It's by faith that you're saved. And he makes that point that it's by faith at the end of chapter 3, but then, kind of, we saw it with John, but then he chills out on it for like a whole chapter, chapter 4. So we're going to be looking at that. Um, but even though he's laid it out a little bit, the Jews, they're not quite getting it, right? Um, they're going back to old man Abe. You guys know Abraham? Um, everyone back then, they knew he was right with God. And he was. He was sweet with God. Um, and he was before Jesus came and died, right? So, therefore, he wasn't saved by faith in Jesus. Yeah? He was saved by the law, saved by doing stuff. Um, he did the right thing, and that's how he was right with God, wasn't he? No. Um, God makes the point, it's, it's still by faith, even with him. Have a look at verses 1 and 2. If you've got your Bibles, make sure you look at them, because we're seeing what God is saying. What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, discovered in this matter? If in fact Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. See, had it been because of what he did, he would have been like, you, look at me, I'm the bomb. Was that how it worked? No, not before God. Um, and no, no one is good enough for God. And God is the one where it counts. Instead, what does the scripture say? Well, have a look at verse 3. What does the scripture say? Um, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. It's not old man Abe did well, not even that he tried hard, but it says Abraham believed God, believed God, trusted God, or had faith in God. That's how he got right with God. Uh, it's by faith not by what you do. And if that's not clear enough, it just gets more obvious. Have a look at, uh, at the end of verse 3. He talks, uh, he talks about credit. Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Credited. Now that word credit, it's kind of in competition with another word. You've got credit and earned. Credited, earned. All right. Credited uh, on this hand, just so you guys are with me, earned. On this hand, I'm going to be using these two hands, so watch out for that. All right, um, they're different. All right, and we're going to see how. So it gets explained in the next couple, next couple of verses. Look at verse four. Where are we? Now, when a man works, his wages are not credited to him as a gift, but as an obligation. So, if you work over this side, you earn your money. You deserve to be paid. It's not a gift. All right, you earned it. You deserve it. You worked hard. 
through your blood, sweat, and tears, you cooked up that Big Mac, right? Um, you, you earn your money, man. It's tough, all right? Um, it's not a gift, okay? You get it? You work hard, you deserve your money. Verse 5, though. However, to the man who does not work, but trusts God who justifies the wicked, his faith is credited as righteousness. Now, did you catch that? Off this hand, we're on to this hand now. Someone who doesn't work, they're not good enough. That's Abe. He wasn't good enough. That's us. We're not good enough. We can't earn our righteousness. We've already stuffed it. But what does it say? Well, the one who hasn't worked, the one who has faith, or the one who trusts God, is counted as if they are righteous. They're credited with righteousness. Not earned. We're not good enough to have righteousness on our own by what we do, but the one who has faith is counted uh, as righteous. See, God looks at old man Abe and he doesn't see someone who's good enough. He doesn't see someone who's done enough good stuff, um, who's earned their way back to him. But even though he's not good enough, God sees his faith and he counts him as if it, as if it is righteousness. It's kind of like this, ready? Um, a homeless bum. Um, he's chilling on the street. Now, I say the word bum because he really is a bum. He doesn't work. He doesn't want to work. He doesn't try to work. He gets given jobs. He's like, I'm not going to work. All right? he, he's this dude. He's lazy. He doesn't want to do anything. He's homeless. He kind of wishes he had a house, right? But he's too lazy. He doesn't want to do anything um, and, and all those kind of things. And um, imagine for this dude, someone goes down to the real estate, buys like this $1 million mansion, and puts it in his name. This dude all of a sudden has a house. He did nothing to get it, but it's in his name. It's like he's being credited with this house. Do you kind of get what's going on there? Um, it's like that with righteousness. It's not earned, but it still ends up in our account anyway, through faith. It's credited. All right. So uh, um, we're just seeing this point over and over. It is by faith. Old man Abe had nothing, but his faith got credit to him as righteousness. Clearly it's about the faith, because um, we can't get back to God any other way. But there's an interesting thing to note here, because uh, what this means is that someone is wrong. All right? Going for it. Um, if you can't earn your way back to God, if it is by faith, then people who are trying to earn their way back to God, who are trying to do enough good stuff, they're wrong. Are you with me on that? They're they're wrong. Um, People who hope they'll be okay with God, as long as they do more good things than they do bad things, unfortunately for them that doesn't cut it because they're trying to earn their way. And the point here is that's the exact thing that you can't do. You can't earn your way back. You can't earn your righteousness. It comes by faith. And so we've got to be letting people know because that many people hold this view. You know, most of Australia hold the view that, oh, yeah, I'm, pr- I'm pretty good. Like, I'm not that bad. I'm not as bad as that guy. Um, nothing is you, Daniel. But, um, you know, they're going, oh, if there is a God, I'll be all right because I've been pretty good, yeah? Bum, bow. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. You've got to have faith in God. It's about faith. Um, but that means that many Australians are headed to hell. Most of Australia is headed to hell. Because the only escape 
is the salvation in Christ that's by faith. We need to be telling people it's by faith. Um, but it is worth clarifying that statement uh, a bit because it is by faith. But the next point that God makes here is that it's by faith alone. It's by faith alone. Now that distinction is important because there's heaps of people who talk about having faith, but they're still not saved. Now I want you to see how God makes this point here in chapter 4. All right, But just quickly, you guys know the story about old man A. We've been talking about it a bit. Um, he keeps getting talked about here in chapter 4. Um, God speaks to him and gives him all these sweet promises. And then God gives him the sign of circumcision. All right, tells him to go get the snip, um, which, as kind of awkward as it is, it happens to be the thing for the Jews, right? You're not a Jew if you haven't been circused. Um, it's, <laughs> it's pretty important for him, right? Uh, and some of them thought, right, some of them thought that it was part of what makes them right with God. Have a look at verse, uh, verse 10. We'll start halfway through verse 9. Um, We've been saying that Abraham's faith was credited to him as righteousness. Under what circumstances was it credited? Was it after he was circumcised or before? It, It was not after, but before. And he received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. We'll stop there. Um, You see, he got the righteousness before he got circumcised. So what does that tell us about circumcision? Who can tell me? What does that say circumcision has to do with the righteousness? Exactly, nothing. Like um, It it didn't count towards his righteousness at all. Um, If he already had his righteousness when he did get circumcised, then it shows that the circumcision doesn't count at all towards the righteousness. Um, Sorry for those dudes who are trusting in it as well. But it doesn't count for anything when it comes to righteousness. It's the same with the law. That doesn't help you as well. Look at verse 13. Look at verse 13. Uh, It was not through law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. Circumcision doesn't help you, and neither does the law. Um, See, a bunch of Jews, they're trusting in, in the law Someone fart or something. <laughs> um, you see, a bunch of these Jews, they're trusting in the world, going, yeah, I'll just do all this good stuff and that'll help me out. But you see, Abe, he didn't even have the law when, he was, when, when all this happened. It came like 400 years after him. So what effect does the law have on Abraham's righteousness? Zero. Absolutely nothing. If it doesn't even exist when he's counted as righteousness, then it shows that it's not needed for righteousness because it can be gotten without the law. Old man Abe shows us that. Um, and and th- this is where the word alone comes into play. Remember how I said it's by faith alone? Well, there were people who were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, you've got to have faith in God, totally, totally. But you've also got to get circumcised or you've also got to follow the law. Well, then it's not by faith alone. It's by faith plus some other stuff. Um, and when you add other stuff to faith, it's no longer faith. It's like um, a dude, he goes, yeah, 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 no, you can shoot the apple on top of my head with an arrow. 
that's fine. I have faith that you can do it. I'm just going to wear a helmet and a face guard and like a full body armor and a shield and I'm just going to stand behind you as you do it. Like he, he's adding all these things. He, he doesn't really have faith anymore. As soon as you start adding things to your faith, it shows that you don't actually have much faith. Um, unless you have total trust, your faith doesn't really actually count for anything. Uh, if you're adding things to your faith, you're not really trusting in Jesus. Now, I told you I'm going to tell people that they're wrong. Um, this is where the Catholic Church goes wrong. all right? And this is where they're very different from us. Um, the Catholic Church teaches that you have faith in Jesus, but then you've got to do stuff as well to, to make up for your sins. You might need to say a number of Hail Marys or you might need to go out and do a whole lot of good deeds um, to, to make up for your sins, whatever it happens to be. Um, but this is adding stuff to your faith. And it's in essence losing the faith. It, it's saying that Jesus actually isn't enough to completely save me, so I need to do something to earn some of my way. I'm, I'm still trusting Jesus. I'm, I'm just doing some of the work myself. No, you're not. That's not trusting Jesus. That's liking the idea of Jesus, but trusting in yourself. That's not faith. And without faith, you're not justified. And the only thing waiting for you is hell. See, salvation is by faith and by faith alone. See, it's where the Catholics go wrong. It's also where Muslims go wrong, Jews go wrong. Um, they believe and trust God a bit, but really try to earn their way back. Um, that's where I went wrong growing up as well, actually. I wasn't a Jew or a Catholic or a Muslim. Um, but I thought I was pretty good. All right? I'll chat to you after if you want, Tom. I'll chat to you after. Um, I, I thought I was pretty good, and I was pretty good compared to most of the other kids around. Um, only problem was I wasn't anywhere near good enough. I knew Jesus died for me. I believed that, but I was still trying to be good enough for God kind of deep down. I wouldn't have said that, but as I look back, that's defo is what was going on. Now, if you're a Christian, and particularly if you grew up in a Christian family or went to a Christian school or Christian homeschool, then this is a real danger for you. It's a very real possibility that you, just like I did, we're trusting in Jesus, but really trusting yourself. Um, here's a quick little question that you can ask to test your heart on this one. You ready? If God, in his infinite wisdom, decided that he was no longer going to save you, he decided, no, 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 actually, sorry, you can't come to heaven anymore. I'm actually going to judge you for your sin. What would your response be? Oh, God, look. Look how, how good I've been since you saved me. Oh, I've, look how I've lived. Oh, I've sacrificed so much for you. Look at what I've done. Do you know how much I've been to youth? I've been to G-teams? I've been telling my mates about Jesus. Come on, really? Look, come on, you've saved me. It's God, look what you've done to me. Look, you know what that is? God, I deserve to be saved. That was me. I thought I deserved to be saved. But no, you don't. You don't deserve anything. Actually, you do deserve something. You deserve to be thrown in hell forever for your rejection of God. 
But he has no obligation to save you whatsoever. It's a gift. And so you would have no right to complain if he was to choose to take it away. And there's nothing that you could do about it. Now, does that freak you out? Because that freaks me out, that kind of thought. The good thing is God promises that he won't do that. But, but I'm powerless. And so I need help. And that's all I can hope for. Um, but that's where this news is so good. Because I do have help. God has acted to save, and it's in him that I have faith and faith alone. So test your heart on that one. Are you really trusting him? Now, I've been talking about faith, right? Um, But often Christians get this wrong. Lots of people get lots of stuff wrong. I've been saying that a lot tonight. But Christians get it wrong, what faith is. You see, faith isn't this random concept out there. Uh, that, that sounds nice, okay? It's got to have faith, man. Totally. Like, it sounds kind of hippie. But um, <laughs> everyone has faith, right? It's just, it's just in different stuff. I want you to imagine this. Ready? Boom. This is a thing called free soloing, all right? It's rock climbing without any harness, any rope, all right? See the dude up top left? Chilling out on the rocks. Whoa. He falls. He's in the water. Whatever. All right. He'll be all right. Hit the next one. Dude. But we can't really see how high that one is, so let's go to the next one. <laughs> Man, he slips. He, he's dead right now. All right. Um, he doesn't have a harness. Nothing is saving him. Let's go to this next one. This dude, look how much gear he has there. This dude isn't free soloing. This guy's just normal rock climbing. He's got the most amount of safety gear you've ever seen, huge rope, all that kind of thing. Which person here has the most amount of faith. See, I'm tempted to go to the guy with all the gear. Look how much trust he's putting in the ropes, in all his gear. He's got heaps of faith. But go back one slide. Look how much faith this dude has in himself. He's going, I'm not going to slip. I'm that good. Check out how good I am. I'm totally safe. He has heaps of faith. It's just not in a rope. It's in himself. And so we all have this different kind of faith. It's just in different things. And that's the point that God makes here, right? It's the next point that he makes. It's by faith in God and in his promise. Do you remember old man Abe? Um, it's what Sam read for us before in, uh, in Genesis. We went to Genesis before. It was exciting. Um, old man Abe, he really was old man Abe. Like, he was like 100 years old. Like, he was, he was pretty old. And his wife was barren, which means she couldn't have kids. Now, I don't know if you guys realize this or not, but when you start getting really old, you, you can't have kids. You don't have kids anymore. It's just the way it works. We can talk mechanics later if you want. Um, but people who can't have kids, they don't have kids either. All right? That's kind of obvious. Abe, he had the combo. He was old and his wife couldn't have kids. He's got pretty small chairs. He, he can't have kids. All right? And yet God promises him to, he'll have kids. And that is what Abe trusts in. He trusts in God's promise. You will have kids. Have a look there at verse 18. Read a couple of verses there. Verse 18. Against all hope, pretty unlikely, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations, just as has been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. He was old since he was about 100 years old. There you go. 
and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Now listen to what he does. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he'd promised. Did you hear that description of faith there? He didn't have unbelief uh, at God's promise. Uh, that is, he trusted in God's promise because, verse 21, check this out, I love this verse, he was fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. See, faith is trusting that God can and will keep his promise. I believed that God would keep his promise regarding kids and that was credited to him as righteousness. He had faith in God and in his promise. See, it's not faith in God outside the promise. It doesn't quite work like that. We can't trust God. Uh, we, we can't trust that God will give us a jag to, to cruise home in tonight. All right? We can't trust that. Uh, I mean, he might, um, but we can't trust that he will because he doesn't promise that he will. Um, this is where a number of Christians go wrong. Because they totally trust in things that God doesn't promise to them. He doesn't promise that we'll be free from sickness, that we'll be rich, that we'll get a sweet girlfriend tomorrow. He doesn't promise these things, so we can't speak with confidence about them. If we don't get them, it's not a lack of faith. It's just God's decided not to give it to us. He never promises to. Um, so be careful of trusting. God to do things that he doesn't promise to do. He probably won't. Well, he might, but he probably won't. We can't ask for them, and it's, it's right to do that, but we can't presume that we'll get them. Because soon we'll start trusting in our praying. You've got to get the right prayer. You've got to kind of have the right kind of amount of faith. And we stop trusting in God and his promise. Um, but faith, God makes the point here, is in God and in his promise. So, raises the question for me. I don't know if it raises it for you. What does he promise us? I don't know if that raises a question for you, but he promises a number of different things. Um, but there's one thing in particular that he promises when it comes to being saved. Have a look at verse 23. We're on the final stretch, guys. Have a look at verse 23. The words it was credited to him were written not for him alone, but also for us to whom God will credit righteousness. For us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. See, he promises that we can be justified. We can be not guilty before him. We can be forgiven because of the death and resurrection of Jesus. God promises that if we trust in Jesus to take our sins, he will. We can be right with him. And it's a promise we can be sure of because God always keeps his promises. We see him keep his promise to Abe. And he'll keep it to us. You want to be free from sin? You want to have eternal life? Well, have faith in God and his promise. And have faith alone. And you know what? If you are justified, if you are saved from your sin, that's better than all those other things put together. Who really cares if you don't have a girlfriend? if you're headed to forever with God. So what if you don't have heaps of money now? 
if you have eternal joy waiting for you. And that's actually where, where chapter 5 goes. Uh, we'll get to that probably next week. That we can be totally content with the promise that God gives us. We don't need anything else. See, it comes through faith alone in God and in His promise. The Catholics, they get it wrong. The Muslims, they get it wrong. The Jews get it wrong. Lots of Christians get it wrong. Most of the people who have ever lived get it wrong. And they're all going to the hell. Make sure you don't get it wrong. How about I pray? Heavenly Father, uh, you are a good God. You sent your son down to die for us, uh, for us sinful people, so that we can be right with you again. But Lord, thank you for showing us tonight that it doesn't happen automatically for us. Thank you for showing us that we need to have faith in Christ. Thank you for showing us that uh, it's by faith alone and that it's faith in you and in your promise. Lord, I pray that you would help us to, to trust in you and in that promise. I pray that we would have faith. I pray that uh, everyone here uh, would um, be able to trust in you for the rest of our lives and never forget and never let go of the truth uh, in that. And I pray that we would all get to uh, get to be in heaven forever uh, because of what you have done. Amen.